This podcast is produced by EnergeticCity.ca, your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To support local news and this podcast, go to EnergeticCity.ca slash join to find out more. Remains at 87% good to excellent condition. ICAR says wheat production in Russia is forecast to be 79.8 million tons in 2020-21. That's a 2% increase from its previous estimate. ICAR expects wheat exports from Russia to reach 39.5 million tons in the 2021-22 marketing year. Dry conditions in the United States are improving according to the University of Nebraska's drought monitor. For the week ending March 23rd, about 64.2% of U.S. acres were dry or in drought. That's down about 1.6% from the previous week. Rounding off prices at the Chicago Board of Trade, soybean futures are lower on Friday morning. The May soybean contract is down a nickel at 14.09 and a half per bushel. May soy oil is down three tenths of a cent at 54.68 U.S. cents per pound. May soy meal is down $3.10 at 4.0150 per hundredweight. Corn futures are higher on Friday morning, with the May contract up two cents at 5.48 and a half per bushel. Chicago oats are slightly lower, with the May contract down a penny at 3.73 and a half per bushel. Wheat futures are narrowly mixed on Friday. Chicago May is down two and a half cents at 6.10. Kansas City May is up a quarter cent at 5.67, and Minneapolis May is down a penny at 6.16. That's a look at the ice futures and the Chicago markets for Friday morning, March 26th. For Markets Farm in Winnipeg, I'm Glenn Halleck. If you need a tractor that's small but mighty, Butler Farm Equipment in Fort St. John has just the tickets. The Workmaster 25S subcompact tractor from New Holland. With 25 horsepower, a three-point hitch, rear PTO, and mid-PTO, it handles chores a garden tractor just can't. Plus, this economical tractor gives you deluxe comfort and simple two-pedal operation that makes it easy to mow, load, dig, grade, and more. Stop by Butler Farm Equipment in Fort St. John today to learn more about the Workmaster 25S. The opinions expressed during this show do not represent those of this station. If you've missed any of this show, you can follow the podcast at energeticcity.ca. Now, an in-depth look at the news and information shaping our community. This is Moose Talks with your host, Doug Craig, on Moose FM. Welcome to the show. A little later on, we're going to be chatting with Darren Snyder, the uh, president of the Fort St. John Soccer Club, about the letter he sent to the city council expressing his long-standing frustration uh, with the condition of the fields over at Serreris Park. But first... There's been a notable rise in anti-Asian racism since the beginning of the pandemic, and our first guest has experienced it firsthand here in Fort St. John. He recently did a TED Talk on the subject, uh, so to chat about it, I'm very pleased to welcome Tristan Jones. Tristan, welcome to Moose Talks. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me. So why don't we start at the beginning uh, of this kind of short journey we uh, are on anyway. Uh, you, you experienced kind of a racism that got a lot of media attention firsthand just about a year ago right here in Fort St. John. Can you kind of retell that story to us, please? Yeah, sure. So me and my brother, we were out for uh, a drive to go and get groceries at uh, the local Safeway uh, in Fort St. John. 
uh, when, when the two of us, we were as we were entering into the uh, into the Safeway, uh, some some guy in his truck rolled down his window, and the the passengers all uh, proceeded to send slurs my way and speak the most incredibly racist rendition of Chinese uh, that you've ever heard. And, and I mean, out of curiosity, uh, the, the, oh, I'm sorry, Trista. I was just say, did you know the person, or was it just a random guy? Just a random person on the street. The uh, the incident itself, it uh, my brother didn't even really know what was going on until he saw the expression on my face when we got inside. My brother is of white origin, so it's not really something that he's ever had to deal with, and seeing my just frustration and anger after having gone through um, what many other people in in Canada and BC have gone through with the with the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, I like many other students, I lost my job, I lost my apartment and my all my classes were moved online and the I had moved home um, because there was nothing else for me here down in Vancouver. Uh, the incident uh, happened just a couple of weeks after my re- my return to town, and it was really just just sad because in that moment of vulnerability, when I had been at my lowest, I was then confronted with such an abhorrent act of racism. Now, you mentioned in your TED Talk, Tristan, um, you talked about growing up at Fort St. John, so that... That incident was not isolated. It's something you've kind of been dealing with basically your whole life, right? Yes. From a very, very young age, uh, race has kind of always been a thing that has affected my life. Uh, I, I grew up in uh, Montney and Rose Prairie, uh, just, just outside of town, and I attended uh, Upper Pine Elementary School. And um, pretty much all throughout my uh, early childhood education, uh, the race was the was the number one thing that caused conflict in my life. Now I have to ask. I mean, you uh, you basically live in Vancouver now. You've lived in other uh, cities in the world. Um, is this something that you've experienced in the same way in a place like Vancouver, or is it kind of been unique to you in your experience in rural Canada when you've you know growing up here, for example? No, I would not say that it is unique to the rural experience. Uh, in Vancouver, racism has been on the rise, especially anti-Asian racism. A recent report came out with 1,000 documented hate crimes over the past year, with 45% of those being in British Columbia, uh, the majority obviously being Vancouver due to its predominant uh, Asian population. Uh, when when it comes to the uh, the differences between the city and the rural aspects, I find fa- I, f- I have definitely found that it, when it comes to the rural communities, these um, sorts of attacks and uh, ra- hate crimes are just more pronounced. You see you see less and less people willing to speak out against these issues, and more and more people are just kind of willing to brush it off because uh, either they don't have the courage to to bring it up or the or they just don't feel comfortable um, being vulnerable and calling out this sort of just disgusting behavior. So, Trista, I mean, given that you've kind of dealt with this your whole life in, you know, here and uh, in, in the, all the other places you lived, I mean, how do you deal with it? What, what What's kind of your way of 
um, handling it when it's something like that happens in, in the hours and days and weeks after you experience something like that? Well, at first, for a, a lot, a lot of my life, I just kind of took it. That was that because it was such a thing that happened so often, and it was so common that you kind of just don't realize how how it's affecting you. And and the fact is, is that it it happens. It happened all the time. So it would be kind of hard to put up, make a stink about it when if if I was doing that every day. Now that I've gotten older and um, I've I've done a lot of like inner reflections. I, I have decided that it is enough's enough. And whenever something like this is going to happen, I, I think it's my duty to speak up because some people might not have the courage to do so themselves. And the only way that issues such as this can be solved is by honest conversation and dialogue. We, we can't confront these incredibly complex social issues without being able to have these conversations, and it's my hope that we can normalize them in our everyday discourse. Now, let's fast forward to your uh, TED Talk now, which I think is a very big part of that conversation that you're uh, trying to establish or, or, or continue on. Uh, how did that come about, first of all? It, it seems sort of a... You were asked to do it, as I understand it, right? You were approached by somebody and said, hey, we'd li- love for you to tell us about your experiences with racism. It was, it's a kind of a combination. So TEDx uh, co- uh, p- partners up with Simon Fraser University. It's the university that I have um, done all of my studies at. Uh, uh, the, the political science department, which is my department, had sent out some emails to some students uh, about submitting applications for the TED Talk. Uh, around this time, I had uh, been taking part in some of the anti-racism and Black Lives Matter solidarity protests in Fort St. John, as well as having um, experienced uh, the things that I had experienced um, uh, just a month before. Uh, so what ended up happening was is I had, you know, just kind of threw a shot in the dark at uh, sending an application. In, and then after a very, very intensive interview process that went on for a number of weeks uh they decided to move forward with the talk and uh i mean preparing for the talk i I mean i guess you in the application you knew what you wanted to talk about already so was was it difficult to kind of go to think on and reflect on this kind of stuff that uh you know uh, is probably been a painful part of your life in order to do the talk or or again i mean like you say it's kind of just a part of life so it was it was kind of like second nature to talk about it i will say that it it was a bit tougher just to bring up a lot of these old you know scars i guess you could say it was it was any anything like this, especially as a, as a kid, it was you could say it was traumatic in a way. And but that being said, it just it just makes it that much more important to be speaking up about this. And I felt that whatever un, you know uncomfortability I felt about speaking about this on such a, a large platform, it, it was completely uh, just it was a non-issue compared to how important it was to, to be speaking about these these kinds of things. Well, I mean, you're, we get to kind of the, the tough question to answer, maybe. Uh, I mean, 
what should we be doing about this? What can I be doing about this to stop this from happening, from stop it from happening as much as it has been to, to make it easier uh, for people and, and to make it so that we don't have these incidents occur anymore? What, what can we do? At the individual level, I think it's important to be having conversations of self-reflection. The, the most important thing is, is a lot of people may not realize that they have these subconscious or unconscious biases because they've been with them for their entire lives. Uh, I've had numerous people from, from Fort St. John and the Peace Region come to me and ask me, like, what can I be doing better? Or I didn't realize that this was something that was such an issue for people of, of color and minorities in the region. With that being said, the most important thing as well is to, when someone wants to have this discussion with you, to not, like, you know, like judge them or, uh, you know, put put them in a place where they could feel uncomfortable coming to you and talking about this because often uh, the best the most the best way to get someone to understand where you're coming from is to sit there and and figure out why it is they think the way they think and and discuss this as if they're just human beings and more times than not those people will come away and they will understand the reality that you have been living in for, the, for however long all right. Well, it's a conversation we're going to have to continue having, I think. And uh, hopefully, uh, you know, the work you're putting in and uh, your TED Talk specifically, which we'll make sure to link to, uh, helps keep that conversation moving forward. Now, before we go, uh, you wanted to make a little announcement. I did. So uh, as many people know, in Fort St. John, there has been a uh, uh, by-election called for this spring. Uh, it is my intention to seek the nomination uh, for a candidacy for this upcoming by-election, and it is my hope that we can we can begin putting div- a diverse uh, portfolio and uh, to have people in power that represent the way that the region is going. People want to have these discussions, and we need elected leaders who are willing to to have these conversations and have the experience of dealing with them themselves. All right, Tristan. Well, then I uh, can assume we will having, be having you on the show again very soon once uh, all the uh, nomination uh, uh, things close in regards to the by-election. But, uh, Tristan, I'm really grateful you took a few minutes to talk to us about this today. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for having me. You're very welcome. That's Tristan Jones of Fort St. John. We'll be right back to talk with Darren Snyder right after this on Moose Talks. Your car, your RV, your trailer. Northern Auto Electric in Fort St. John can repair them all, and they have all the parts you need in stock. Known for having the highest quality auto parts and service, Northern Auto Electric sells and rebuilds alternators and starters. They offer vehicle-mounted air compressors, Lavasto diesel preheaters, positive air shutoffs, and much more. Northern Auto Electric. To learn more about everything they do, see them at 109th Street and 90th Avenue beside the co-op card lock Fort St. John. If you're a regular at your locally owned and operated home hardware, chances are you know William. He's always at the forefront of the pumpkin plunge. He can usually be found helping out in all departments. And this week, William celebrates his 30th anniversary working for home hardware. Everyone would like to thank him for his great customer service and product knowledge over the last three decades. And if you see William, be sure to congratulate him on 30 years. Home Hardware Building Center. Here's how. 
Big money, big money. The Neat Bingo Extravaganza is on Tuesday, March 30th at 7 p.m. On the gray card, you could win up to $700 with any one line, $900 with two lines, $1,200 with the large square, and the blackout jackpot of $1,800. Bingo cards are $5 each and available at these fine retailers. The Fireweed Market in the former System by Trail Building, Gateway SO, the Taylor and Liquor Store, Ready Mart next to Q-Spot, and Neat.ca. The Neat Bingo Extravaganza, Tuesday, March 30th at 7 p.m. BC Gaming Event License number 126599. Know your limit, play within it. 19 plus. Please note that bingo is only available on Facebook at Moose FM and at Energetic City. Stay and win in Grand Prairie. $10,000 up for grabs. Now through April, stay at one of Grand Prairie's preferred hotels for a chance to win the spring giveaway. First place, $5,000 cash. Second, $3,000. Third place, $2,000. Entry details at gprda.com. The Encore Suites by Service Plus Inns is Grand Prairie's premier comfort stay hotel. Spacious suites, state-of-the-art fitness room, and deluxe hot breakfast included. Call 587-259-0425 and ask about the spring promotion. At WorkBC, we know a good job makes all the difference, especially now. As BC's economy recovers, WorkBC can help you find your place. Search new opportunities with WorkBC's job board, apply for training and education to help you grow your skills, or prepare for a new career. Search, apply, train with help from WorkBC. Contact a WorkBC center near you or go to workbc.ca slash findyourplace. A message from the Government of British Columbia. At Peace Pharmacy, we help you save money by giving you the best service at competitive prices. If you need a prescription filled, have home health care needs, or just have a question for our certified staff, we have you covered. For fast, friendly service, visit Peace Pharmacy beside the ABC Medical Clinic on 101st Ave. Watch this show live on Facebook or download the podcast at energeticcity.ca. Welcome back to Moose Talks. I'm Dov Craig. Darren Snyder, the president of the Fort St. John Soccer Club, sent a letter to City Council last week explaining his frustration with the city and council over the condition of the fields at Serreras Park. So we sat down with Darren to talk a bit about his frustration and what he's hoping the city will do. Here's that conversation. Darren, thank you so much for taking some time to talk to us today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, you betcha. Uh, Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. So you've written a letter to City Council, uh, or you did, rather, uh, a couple weeks ago, I think, at this point, uh, expressing your frustration with the city over their inaction on repairing and maintaining uh, the soccer fields at Serreras Park. Can you explain a bit about uh, the nature of your frustration? Yeah, it's been uh, many, many years, and... Fields have never been worked on or maintained properly to the point where a couple of years ago we decided they just weren't, it wasn't worth the risk of using them anymore. So you're saying the club, like the club stopped using the fields specifically at this, at the Serreras park there? Yeah, that's correct. After we used to always use school district 60 and then we were using both. And now we've just went back two years ago to using mainly school district 60 uh, fields. Okay. What is it about the fields that are so bad specifically in, even in comparison to say school district 60 fields? They were improperly constructed and everybody's aware of that in the city and whatnot. They were improperly constructed and when they were built, whatever, 25 years ago or whatever. 
and so they don't have proper drainage. They aren't properly contoured for water and things like that. There's a trench down the middle that's just full of water and bulrushes and everything and mosquitoes. And then uh, a few years ago, probably three or four years ago, they tried to, or they did install or try to fix the irrigation system. And then they didn't backfill the trenches properly, which in turn left perfect foot size uh, yeah, trench across the field. I see. So in other words, players were uh, playing would get their foot caught in the trench and cause injuries then i assume we did have some rolled ankles and things like that and i believe we had one broken ankle of some sort yeah okay in addition just to rewind to what was wrong when they initially constructed it as well and i'm not too sure why but the gravel was added and there's gravel comes up through the grass so then if kids fall down you get that added scratches scrapes and whatnot from that and obviously, then I assume, in comparison, the school district sixty fields are are much better. Uh, they're not full of gravel. That's one thing. They're not full of holes. Um, the school district sixty fields are sort of playground based, and so they have a lot of wear and tear on them throughout the year. So it's not ideal for us to go on at the end of the day after they've already been used all day, kind of thing. So it's hard on their fields to have us using them all the time as well. Okay. Why did this come up specifically? I mean, if you're using the fields uh, from School District 60 already, uh, is there some issue with that arrangement, or is it just you need more uh, space for people to be able to use, and as such, you would like the Serreras fields to be available for your use in the soccer club? Uh, frustration from the standpoint of hearing other things getting fixed and whatnot in the city and the fields that we would like to use aren't. Uh, why would we like to use them? As I was saying, the School District 60 fields, like we've worked great with School District 60. We've always had a good relationship with them. But their fields do get used all day by classes and and, uh, and the playground at lunch hour and everything like that. And then to throw on four hours in an evening of soccer, it's a lot of a lot like heavy use on the grass right whereas if you can move to some place that isn't used as much like the Serreras fields and the grass is properly maintained then you wouldn't have the bare spots and things like that um, that end up happening by the end of the season uh, additionally when we're using school district 60 fields you have one team playing here at one school and then you go to another school and there's another game there and it's very spread out and diverse like around the community uh, ideally we would love to have a spot where more of the soccer community can come together and sort of play it all in all in one spot so that more of a soccer feeling more of a community feeling for it i see so it turning more into an event that people could attend and maybe see a couple games in a row that sort of thing i assume yeah third party watching but also just uh having the smaller kids watch the older kids you know how that goes stuff like that so just more of a, a feel in the soccer community yeah so as I understand it, Darren, um, the area is actually slated for redevelopment as part of the uh, 2022 uh, capital budget. So that's coming up, they, according to their plan anyway. So what are you hoping the city will do uh, in the meantime uh, as part of that budget to, to do something with those fields? What do, what do you want them to do, ideally? I'm not too sure, Dub. This is something that... Uh... I've met with city managers for many, many years, 
And it's always been, yeah, in a couple of years, we're going to do it in a couple of years and a couple of years. So when I called this year or emailed and asked if the fields would be repaired this year and the answer was no, I just started writing my letter, I guess, just a little bit of frustration from that standpoint. It's just another year, right? We've been told for many, many years that this was going to be repaired. They're going to repair its priority. Different managers have talked about it. Managers move on, a new manager comes with a different priority, and nothing gets done. So which is frustration. And this time I just decided I would send the letter to city council as opposed to the city managers themselves. Whether that's right or wrong, that's kind of just what I decided to do. Okay. And as I understand it, city council said they, they, would, they have agreed to meet with you and have a meeting about it? Uh, apparently that's what they said they would have. And nobody's been in contact yet. But yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's All the right. plan, I guess. I think one of the more notable lines of your letter was uh, you said something along the lines that if this was an issue with ice, like hockey rinks or skating ice in this city, there's no way this would have happened. Um, and you, in the letter, furthermore, you argue that it's more cost effective to maintain a soccer field than it is, it is even with the ice. So do you think that this... You know, and I'm spitballing here. Uh, it's a matter of how many users there are in the soccer club, or do you have so many players and you just you feel like this has just been ignored for whatever reason? It's been ignored. Membership numbers are fairly similar between soccer and hockey, not uh, notwithstanding the fact that hockey, just in Canada in general, is a very important aspect of Canadian life and soccer is more of a pastime I would say um, with regards to the soccer field itself if you have a ice rink or a curling rink it's a maintained facility and everybody looks at that I just feel that this soccer pitch is just looked at as a grassy area that we can go play soccer on and that's not how it should be being looked at it should be looked at as a soccer facility that needs maintenance and it needs to be upkept up in order to maintain quality surface on it and out of curiosity, uh, how many players uh, do you have registered as part of leagues with the Fort St. John Soccer Club? We'll skip the COVID year here, but uh, normal years in like 2019, uh, outdoor indoor season was about 370. Outdoor season was about 400 or 580. So okay, well there you go. So uh, and that's that's just youth. That's just youth, right? So yeah, so that doesn't include uh, adult soccer like rec leagues that could also potentially use these fields. Correct. Yeah. No. Okay. Well, as you said, you've been banging on the door with this with the city for some time. Uh, city council has said they're going to meet with you. Uh, you said they haven't reached out yet. How hopeful are you that something might actually happen this time and that they might actually do something about it for you? I guess it kind of depends on whether the 2022 date is actually going to happen this time. Um, because given that grass has to grow and that's going to take a full year, um, I'm not too sure what kind of top dressing they would even consider at this point if they're fully engaged in doing a full repair in two years from now, right, or in a year. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm not too sure. I'm not holding my breath for this year. I wouldn't be, wouldn't be ready for this year anyways, so. At least it gets it on the agenda for the future. Okay. Well, Darren, I really appreciate you taking some time to explain this to us, and uh, we'll definitely be following you up uh, with this with you and with the city after uh, this meeting has hopefully happened in the future. Thanks so much, Darren. Thanks, Tom. 
All right, we'll be right back with more on Moose Talks right after this. If it's time to think about upgrading that RV mattress, check out Brad's Furniture and Appliances. They also do custom cut mattresses in all sizes and have a huge selection of mattresses to take home today. Plus, the Frigidaire self-clean convection range with air fry is now just $10.99 and in-stock top-load laundry pairs start at $9.99. Financing available OAC. Brad's Furniture and Appliances. In the Northgate Mall and also on Facebook. Better call small. There's always something going on in the Energetic City, and the staff from the City of Fort St. John Recreation Department have planned a variety of exciting programs and events. Here's what's coming up. Make your outdoor walk more fun as you play Neighborhood Bingo. Get the kids excited for a walk and find as many items as possible. Print your bingo sheet from the city website or pick up at the Visitor Center. For more information on this event, view the Recreation and Leisure Guide at fortstjohn.ca or follow the City of Fort St. John Recreation on Facebook. community first this is moose talks with dub craig on moose fm our thanks again to our guests today tristan jones and darren snyder if you missed this episode you'll be able to watch it again shortly on the moose fm and energetic city.ca facebook pages it's in video format if you'd like to see my beautiful face you can also download the podcast version over at www.energeticcity.ca slash moose talks well that does it for this episode of the show Moose Talks is produced by Adam Rayburn and Trey Lapashinsky. I'm Dub Craig. Be well. Join us next Friday at 10 a.m. for another episode of Moose Talks, a weekly talk show about Fort St. John and the North Peace. 100.1 Moose FM. I was done
It's 1 a.m. Listening to one more song. Thinking I want more than just one night out here with you alone. Down to that last bud light in the back of that two-tone hat. My heart was telling me that one more kiss and I'd be done. Down to one hand in mine. Down to one beautiful smile. I was done with the girl I walked straight from in love right there that night. Down to one.
I'm Shantae, and let's kick off Friday the way it should be, by asking really weird questions. So, here's the scenario. You woke up, you've gained superpowers. Amazing. But here are the rules. You can't let anyone know you have them or see you using them, or you'll completely lose all your powers. How do you keep your powers? How do you keep, you know, being a superhero without letting people know? Please text me what your solution to this problem is on the Fort City Chrysler text line 250-800-2360. Or if the explanation needs, you know, a little more uh, je ne sais quoi, you can call me 250-787-2222. Kindergarten registration in School District 60 for children who will be five years old by December 31st of this year is now available. Early registration will make sure seats are available in your home school and give you access to Welcome to Kindergarten programming opportunities. Play-based learning with BC Certified Teachers in Kindergarten helps children with their social-emotional learning, fine and gross motor development, speech, reading, and more. You can register online or call your school to schedule an in-person appointment. PRND. .bc.ca for more information. It's showtime at Travelon's Happy Trails RV. We are now open seven days a week. Spring is here and the RV season is in full swing and it's time for our show and sale March 26th to April the 3rd. Buy now while inventory is available and put your dream in the campground. With spend to win up to $1,500 off your purchase, there is just never a better time to buy and save. Build a lifetime of family memories at Travelon's Happy Trails RV. Spring show and sale March 26th to April 3rd. See you there. The amount of household items that can be recycled at FSJ Return It might surprise you. Chances are you have a lot of things around the house that can be recycled that you didn't even know was recyclable. FSJ Return It accepts beverage containers, household paints and chemicals, computer printers, gaming machines, cell phones, small appliances, power tools, and so much more. Please call ahead if you have a large order. For the full list of items, visit return-it.ca. FSJ Return It, open Monday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. on 93rd Avenue. Mom, we have some pretty exciting news. And we wanted to tell you before we posted a picture online. You're pregnant! Thanks for listening to this EnergeticCity.ca podcast. EnergeticCity.ca is your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To help keep us independent and to support this podcast, go to EnergeticCity.ca slash join.